Hi, everybody. So this is very exciting. Uh, we are here to talk about, uh, to do our next episode of His Picks, Her Picks. And this month, we decided to go Oscar winners for Best Picture. And we ended up picking two films that are kind of about sort of mental health and issues. And so it's going to be really interesting. We're talking about uh, A Beautiful Mind and uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I'm here with my friend Richard. Introduce Hello. yourself. Hey. Hi, I'm Richard. Yeah. And uh, we are going to have a lot of fun with this. I have the uh, chat room open. And so if anybody wants to come and make comments, please do. And uh, let us know what you think about these films. And so the whole idea of this uh, podcast is that uh, is that I pick a movie that I've seen before that Richard hasn't seen and he picks one that I haven't seen. We both watch them and then we both talk about them. So that's sort of the, yeah. the, the concept here. And, uh, and so it looks like we already got somebody in the chat room. So hi, Tom. Yay. <laughs> and, yeah, Tom. Uh, is that Tom Blake? Yeah. No, it's Tom Cabler is his name. So very exciting. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I bet we'll get Tom Blake me in a bit. Um, okay. Yeah. So uh, let's start out with the uh, first one. Let's start out with, as far as chronological order, um, let's start out with One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, okay. And do you want to just give like a little kind of summary of kind of what it is and, and uh, start yeah, with uh, questions? Yeah, yeah I've, written the, uh, I've written up the plot summary here. So uh, Randall McMurphy gets out of a prison farm by pretending to be mentally ill and is transferred to a mental institution for evaluation. I'm okay with spoilers here, aren't I? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, this is a spoiler-filled podcast. So if you yeah. haven't seen it, oh, yeah. these movies, then uh, then don't watch this podcast or listen. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so Randall Murphy gets out of a prison farm by pretending to be mentally ill and is transferred to a mental institution for evaluation. His ward is full of a range of patients whose routine is rigidly controlled by Nurse Ratched, but Murphy starts disrupting life at the ward, questioning questioning Nurse Ratched's rules and encouraging the other patients in various activities while resisting all of Ratched's attempts to make him conform. McMurphy ends up throwing a party inside the ward and when given the chance to escape, decides not to. The following morning, Nurse Ratched drives one of the other patients to suicide and McMurphy tries to strangle her. He is restrained and later given a lobotomy. Another patient, Chief, smothers McMurphy with a pillow then throws a water dispenser through the window and escapes to freedom. Yeah. Yeah, that sums it up really well. Um, okay, yeah, it's a very unique, unique film. I've never oh, seen anything know. quite like it. Yeah. All right. So, what's your first question? Um, so, my first question was: uh, What aspects of the film do you think work best? I.e., the story, the acting, the editing. There's the different components. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the acting, I think, is probably my favorite part of the film. I think that uh, Jack Nich uh, Nicholson and um, and the lady who plays Nurse, Nurse Ranchett. Yeah, Louise Fletcher. Louise Fletcher, yeah. yeah. And you can see why they, uh, um, why she won, uh, I think she won the Oscar. She did, yeah. Um, that, I think it was yeah. like... Um... It was like a uh, they like won all five major Oscars like best best picture best director best actor best actress, and fifth one I can't can't remember it might have been best best screenplay or yeah I think so 
I think you're right. Uh, I think it was best, was it best director? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that, yeah, it won best picture, director, actor, actress, and screenplay. Yeah. yeah. So it's directed by Milos Foreman. Who also uh, directs who I, Amadeus. Yeah. yeah. Which I love Amadeus oh, yeah. so much. And yeah. go ahead. I was gonna say it's kind. Of, I thought it was a bit like Amadeus in that um, it it could be it could be quite stale in the in the wrong hands because uh, I felt like this, there wasn't a a huge amount of of story there. It, I mean, mm -hmm. he, I mean it was more about just what he what he gets up to, and there's not a huge amount of forward progression for a lot of the film. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But uh, he, and yeah, they both and both this one and Amadeus end up being really interesting and really engaging. That's true. That's a good point. I wouldn't uh, have thought of that. Yeah, partly partly through the acting. The acting is really good in both films, and also I think the um, mm -hmm. the editing and and pacing of events as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean it it does clip along. I think pretty well. I, I at least I was never never bored or never kind of waiting oh, yeah. uh, for to happen anything, uh, you know, to happen. And uh, it it they both have kind of very charismatic leads uh, in mm. in both films, and they both kind of ask questions and. Uh, about kind of life and and things like that in interesting ways that don't feel too yeah. sort of preachy by any means. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, yeah, it's an interesting comparison. It would be interesting to compare those two. Yeah, we could we could have picked those two. I didn't even think about that. We could have picked because uh, they're both best picture winners. <laughs> yeah, except I have seen Amadeus. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I yeah Amadeus is one of my. It would be in probably my top fifty favorite movies. Uh, I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely in my top thirty. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, just the way that they they picture music and the way yeah. oh, it's perfect. Anyway, but um, but yeah, so I think that uh, oh, Tom Blakeney's on the chat. Yay! <laughs> Hi, we got two Toms. Um, so yeah, I think that this does a really good job of kind of keeping you guessing about characters too. Like you don't really, you know, the, I, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, movies where they do use archetypes and you do kind of know where things are going in a way if it's executed well. Like I love Moana and that has definite sort of archetypes or, or uh, I don't know, there's a ton of, let's say Disney movies or a ton of fairy tales or things like that where, or romantic comedies or, or different things where it's like, I know exactly what's going to happen to these characters, but it's executed really well and there's charisma. And, and so I don't mind it at all. But in this case, this is kind of a different experience where I really found it unpredictable. I didn't know yeah. what the characters were going to do. I didn't know if I liked them, didn't like them. And I, there's, there's something to that, I think. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, it's, he, <clears throat> I mean, you wouldn't necessarily be expecting McMurphy to leave at some point, wouldn't you? You would be. I certainly wasn't expecting him to both, both to choose to stay towards the end and also to to end up being lobotomized and having to be, I mean, like mercy killed by by Chief at the end. So that there is the unpredictability in that and also in, in what the other characters. Yeah, the other you, were, characters. yeah. you were never sure if he, like, if he was going to kind of get better and or if he was going to go completely off the, the, um, completely crazy. 
for hmm. lack of lack of a better <laughs> better word. Um, oh, he wasn't. They said he wasn't really crazy, was he? He was just uh, he was just trying to get out of prison. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but I, you're just never sure though, like if you what was going to drive him kind of over the. Yeah. Over the uh, line, so. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He, I agree with you. The acting was definitely a um, a big part of what makes the film work. Just about there's quite a few recognizable actors in there. I think Danny DeVito in, is in there, and Christopher Lloyd. And it's uh, Brad Dourif playing uh, playing Billy. He, and uh, he, so yeah, everybody does a really good job. They make all these very distinct characters who you kind of recognize their qualities. And mm -hmm. uh, he, and like I said, the the editing and the pacing work really well. But uh, so I think that kind of makes up for the fact that there's not a, a huge amount of story overall. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I agree. I think the characters are unpredictable enough, and and I like movies that are real character driven. Yeah. Uh, too and so I I, I really uh, I, that was my favorite part of the the movie is would that be what what would be your favorite part? Um, hey, I would say hey, is that you? It's hard to decide. I mean, I would say the characters, and also yeah. like I like some of the individual scenes, mm -hmm. like a like some of the some of the group therapy scenes where. They were quite. They could be quite uncomfortable to watch sometimes, yeah, but they were very well are. done. Yeah, and some of the scenes where they're like out on the boat, that was, that was a bit. That was a bit more, a little bit more fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, we do have a pretty good uh, chat room going on here. Uh, and nobody's seen the movie though in the chat room. <laughs> so sorry, sorry if we spoil. Sorry if we. Uh, but thanks for joining us. Okay. Hopefully we can entice you to go out and see okay. it. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so, all right, let's move on to the next question here. Okay. Yeah. So my next question is: To what extent do you consider McMurphy to be a sympathetic character? This is a really interesting question because I don't really think he's all that sympathetic at all. No. Actually, that doesn't mean I hate him as a character, but I don't. I don't really feel that sympathetic towards him. No, so I don't. I don't consider him unlikable. But he, uh, he, like when we first introduce him, we we know that he's been just been pretending to be mentally ill so he can get out of get out of this prison farm and into this more more cushy institution where he thinks he'll be more comfortable, and also the fact that he's been he's been previously convicted for assault and for having sex with a minor. So that kind, of, that kind of predisposes me personally to uh, to not really sympathise with him. Mm. And a lot of the right. time, I'm in the ankle institution. He feels like he's he's being more disruptive than anything else. Which I guess is the point. But it doesn't. He a lot of time it doesn't really seem like he's helping anybody. He's just um, he's just enjoying himself. And also the fact that he, he that later on when he's in the pool scene, he's still mostly thinking about the fact that he thinks he's. He's only got to serve so much sentence, and then he's out of there. And so he's very dismayed when he finds out that he's that he's not going to be let out until the staff say he's he's cleared for that. Yeah, how stupid yeah. was that? Like, really, um, that was dumb. <laughs> I feel yeah. like everyone should know that. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so, so a lot of things he does do a bit of good for the other patients with some of the, the activities he has them doing, but um, it is quite a subjective thing, really. And I and I feel while I didn't hate him as a character. I couldn't really fully sympathize with him. Yeah. 
I'm not on the same page as you. I I uh, I didn't find him unlikable per se, but I did find him kind of smug, and that he knew better than everybody else for yeah. everybody else's care and what everyone else needed, and uh, that that was annoying. And uh, and I just I found him, uh, I don't know. So at the same point, I I guess I I found him. I, I didn't sympathize with him. I didn't like him, but I didn't not like him because uh, he yeah. does. He does. Uh, he's certainly fun and unpredictable, and 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 does have, I think, good intentions as far as the other patients and and uh, other things. But he's a very self-interested character. Oh, definitely, yeah. Very, very yeah. self-interested. I mean, what you say about him being quite smug? He does seem to certainly at the beginning feel like he's above everybody else because he's not actually he's not actually crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting because there really isn't a, a real protagonist in this movie. No, Com- compared to I mean, *Beautiful Mind*, at least for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean the the I've only read a um. I mean, I just I just got the book out of the library yesterday, so I've only read a little bit of it, and the, and the book is actually narrated by Chief. Yeah, that's what my friend was. That's what Abby was yeah. telling me yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Was was that that surprised yeah. me. Yeah, so you know right at the beginning that Chief is only just pretending to be deaf and dumb in the book, when in the movie it comes as a surprise, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, that really and is also the, Yeah, and also the, the ending, I think, would make more sense with Chief being the protagonist. Yeah. Obviously, I haven't gotten that far in the book yet. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Another thing, I found, another thing I found in the book, um, I, I was reading the, uh, the kind of introductory notes. Have you, have you read uh, On the Road by Jack Kerouac? I have not. No. Because it was kind of, it's in the introduction that Randall McMurphy was sort sort of based around this uh, this character on the road called Dee Moriarty, who's kind of this um, bit of a hippie who like he likes to go traveling around the world, traveling around America, and he and he kind of aba- he, he he kind of abandons a lot of people along the way. And when I read that book, I I really didn't like Dean. I didn't. He, I mean, I he I was I didn't feel as he was strongly about McMurphy, but I think that's. That possibly may be another example of how my perspective towards people who act like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would hate uh, um, McMurphy in real life. He would yeah, make yeah. Me, he would drive me crazy. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but as a character in the story, I, I think he was he was uh, an interesting yeah. one. Yeah, which he, is inter- interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, he, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And Jack so Nicholson the, uh, is really, I think, charismatic. Oh, definitely, I think yeah. It, it goes a long way. I can't imagine uh, other. I guess Kirk Douglas was originally going to play him, and uh, I, I guess Kirk Douglas is a really good actor. But I don't know. I just can't imagine anybody else w- playing this character. Yeah, he brings his own quality to it. It's he's uh, got the kind of manicness he has. It um he it fits that character quite well. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Unpredict- it just adds to the sort of unpredictable quality of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just like at the beginning when he's when he's been brought into brought into the institution and they take his cuffs on, he's like, <laughs> hey, yeah, that's, that's kind of thing that you expect from Jack Nicholson. Right. Yeah, and it, 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 also- kind of, and it creates a contrast to the atmosphere of the whole place as well. This kind of sterile, of joyless atmosphere, and then in comes in comes Jack Nicholson. You can see why they picked him to play the Joker. 
Oh yeah, definitely. He's, it's, it's always like it's almost like he was born to play the Joker. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's your next question? The next question was, um, why do you think McMurphy acts the way he does in a mental institution with encouraging the other patients? Because I, I was kind of wondering why he was he was doing stuff like that when he's he's not he's definitely not a, a heroic character, and as you mm -hmm. said yourself, he's he's very he's quite selfish really. And so I was I was kind of thinking about I was watching him thinking why is he acting that way? And I was so what do you think about that? I think he thinks that he knows better. I really do. Mm -hmm. I think that he thinks he's smarter than everybody else, and that the system because. Uh, that the system is is keeping him down and and hurting everybody and and that he's smarter than the system. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like in the, in one of those group therapy sessions where he, he's where he's quite shocked about why everybody is there voluntarily, and he's like, like, what do you think? You're crazy or something? And I and I was kind of thinking to myself, well, they kind of are. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was kind of in the impression that maybe he was um he was starting out out kind of just enjoying himself. Like I say, he feels he feels superior in this environment, and he's he's trying to have have fun of his own kind, like suggesting they they watch the World Series, and uh, he's and then he just, he then he just tries to engage with the other people around him because that's he because that's just he's trying to have fun in his own way. I mean, even on yeah. the boat, he um even on the boat, he kind of leaves everyone to it and uh, and goes off into the cabin with Candy, doesn't he? Yeah, I think that that's true. I think there is. I think he thinks he knows it's better for everybody else, but I think he also yeah. wouldn't care about that if it wasn't sort of impacting his own enjoyment of life. Yeah, I don't think that he would stick up for these people or or would be involved if it if it wasn't making his life less comfortable. Yeah. Like he only really yeah. cares about Chief until one until it he needs his vote. Yeah. Yeah. He's quite. Uh, yeah, and he kind of bond, he certainly bonds with Chief after finding out that he can talk and hear after all because he, he, can't, he I suppose they kind of feel like um, kindred spirits in a way because he's he's been fooling everybody and or trying to and and so is Chief. He's been fooling everybody for much longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like when I was watching the um, both the boat scene and the party scene, I was kind of think, thinking this they may they may be enjoying it, but it is quite it is quite risky really. I mean, with the boat, it's you got all these mental patients on this crowded space where, where things could quite easily go wrong and then in the party you don't know what's going to happen and there and the and also the night watchman is probably going to get fired for it yeah i mean i i did feel a little bit like as an adult i i, I think i would have liked this a little bit more in my 20s uh, hmm. but as an adult i did feel a little bit more of like oh no a little more worry about that <laughs> yeah yeah but I yeah, think that's true. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I did think that some of those, even though I said earlier it clipped along really well, I did think the party scene maybe was a little bit, a little bit too long. You know, it was just so yeah. uncomfortable uh, yeah. that I, I think it was supposed to be fun, but I was kind of, maybe because I'm a, more of a straight laced kind of girl, I, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I hope it's, I want it to end. <laughs> yeah, the nurse is going to be happy about this. I'm worried about them. I'm worried about yeah. what this means for exactly. the characters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he said it does take up a very long, long portion of the second half, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It really does. 
and yeah, I mean, of all the things to do with those kinds of characters, probably a boat is 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 not the uh, yeah is not the the best first you know dive into into freedom. Yeah. So, like on the one hand, McMurphy doesn't really appreciate the um, the problems that they have, but on the second, on the other hand, he does um, he does kind of treat them more like like human beings than the than the system they're in does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So it, it, I feel it, it, it. I feel it's a very subjective film. It, there's just so much about it that's um, it all depends on your perspective. Yeah, I think so. And it's a it's a movie that I can picture watching at different like different ages of my life and thinking different things about it. And uh, which is always cool. Uh, and having different. Uh, I don't know. There's just some movies that are basically about the same. <laughs> um, yeah. Like something. I don't know. Just titanic or something like that like uh, you know it's, it's it is what it is but but uh, this i don't know i just think that different you know different parts of life different parts will ring true to to you in yeah. different ways which is is yeah. good yeah it is good yeah so uh so our next question yeah let's do okay. it so next question is what do you think of nurse ratchet as an antagonist um, yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I don't know, like, she's definitely an interesting antagonist because she's, from a certain point of view, she's not really an antagonist. Yeah, exactly. Um, but she's set up as sort of the antagonist against McMurphy. Yeah. She, so yeah, in that she's way, a, she's an antagonist. In a way, she is, she is fully opposed to McMurphy. She is his opposite. Mm-hmm. But yeah. since he's a really selfish character, it, you know, it's it, it's not as clear cut as it might otherwise be. Yeah. Whereas Nurse Ratchet would like, um, would, he would possibly like to help people, but she wants to do it on her own terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like when I when I watched the beginning of the movie, it, it doesn't she doesn't really seem all that bad. I mean, she's she's like again trying to get people engaged in exercises and in this uh, this group therapy, and, and the worst thing about it there is that she doesn't seem especially friendly. And then he kind of get it towards me where she she wants to stick to her own procedure and her own ideas, and she doesn't want McMurphy doing anything. And she he, and she does quite a bit. He, and she indulges in quite a bit of passive aggressive behaviour. And uh, it'd be he, interesting to uh, to see it from to see this story played out from her point of view. Yeah, you yeah. Know? That would be really interesting because I kind of wonder if. Like it's it's sort of like people that go and and work at the uh, at like inner city schools, and they start out all like optimistic and whatever. And for the most part, it seems like most of them by the end kind of end up sort of jaded, and just kind of going through the motions. And yeah. and so uh, it's uh, it's interesting. I I don't know. I kind of wonder if maybe that's the story of Nurse Ratched. You know that she's just mm. become kind of bitter in a way about yeah. it all. Yeah, she's kind. Of, it's kind of sometimes feel like she's just going through the motions of it. Yeah. Like, like when she runs the group therapy sessions, just just say, saying, "Does anyone else want to speak?" And uh, hey, and she's not really that interested in it. She's just just kind of get get keep it running. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's just that he it was it is basically just an institution, and everyone there is is institutionalized. Well, and and I don't know. She's just she's just. I, she's she's just mm. not warm at all. Well, no, she's a she's a very she's a very cold woman throughout. Yes. 
yeah yeah, that, yeah. she yeah, she that. just never ever ever recognizes when anybody's growing or when anybody she's very critical of everybody yeah. in the group therapy scenes uh he yeah, yeah. i don't know just she's not sympathetic at all of, of what no. they're going through yeah yeah really yeah really. it's like it's like she's um like she's doing the in the actions that are supposed to help people but there's not really much heart behind it and i think the um he that's the most um the only, the only bit in the in the film where she really seems kind of probably like closest to evil is like in the uh at the end when she and when when Billy's just come out of the room with Candy and first and she says to him, Aren't you ashamed? Like he's supposed to say he's supposed to say, Yes, I am, because she's been trying to drill this control into them. And when he says no, she she brings up his mother, who, yeah. who I guess we who I guess we can assume is abusive to him. Yeah. We see and it does seem a pretty nasty things for her to do given how how he reacts and then and then when she after he's killed himself, she's just like I I think the best thing we can do is keep on with our daily routine, which is what prompts McMurphy to try and strangle her. Which is quite a heartless reaction. I yeah, that's, well, that's the most outright villainous I feel she is in the film. But otherwise, she's just um, she's just not she's not a very nice character, but she's just doing her job really. Well, and she's very manipulative of them, yeah, which yeah. makes you feel antagonistic against her because yeah. these people are basically like children, and oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know it makes you feel like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that she shouldn't manipulate them in that way and try to manipulate oh, yeah. their behaviors and their emotions and different things like that. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're quite they're kind of afraid to speak at group sessions would indicate it's been, that's how things have been going on for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was interesting and uh, interesting performance, uh, from Louise Fletcher, uh, yeah. in the role. What, what do you think of her? In the, I think she does very well. She, uh, he, he, yeah, I mean, it's not he, it's maybe not the most uh, expressive role, but she handles the the subtleties quite well. She gets the mannerisms, she gets the mannerisms as a character pretty, pretty well. Also, also, I couldn't I couldn't find anything to complain about in it. No. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. She, uh, yeah, she does a good job uh, with uh, with the role and 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 making you feel like you kind of understand a little bit. Of kind of, I don't know the way that compared to let's say the. It's interesting to compare her to the um, like the other administration at the hospital, and just how completely clueless that they are of everything. You know, you just want to be like, I don't know. It's almost like the administration of go to go back to the analogy of like inner city school. You know, these administrators mm -hmm. are just gonna be so clueless, and you're just like. Yeah. wake up you know and and uh i don't know they have no idea kind of what she's what she's experiencing yeah it's all just numbers on a sheet yeah, yeah. so anyway yeah i think she does a good job uh for yeah. the, the 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 role of of, of the character but yeah. um yeah but overall i just uh, i just I, did, I didn't hate her i didn't really consider her consider her like a a, a real She's only an she's an antagonist, and yet doesn't really feel like a villain, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that takes that takes a lot. That's uh, this character yeah. could easily just be somebody you you t completely hate. I was just looking up uh, the um, other nominees that year, and I have not seen any of the other movies. So, <laughs> uh, I was uh, 
I was only looking at the, like the first picture nominees for that that year, and the only one I'd seen was Jaws. Yeah, which yeah. I guess we talk about for just a second. I I don't think this movie is as good as Jaws. I mean, Jaws yeah. Jaws is a, in my opinion, Jaws is a perfectly executed movie. I mean, everything from the music to the to the pacing to the to the way they use the the shark, the the acting is so good. The yeah. the I don't know. Like I, I, I think that Jaws is, and and also like Jaws, they couldn't have known this then, but Jaws was like such a seminal movie in like the history of film. You know, yeah, that yeah. It, like it started the blockbuster basically, the summer did, blockbuster. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I showed you that book I got for uh, for Christmas, film studies for dummies. It does, uh, it does talk about the effect that Jaws had. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think this movie should have won over Jaws. No, Jaws. I do certainly like Jaws better as a film, but um. Just one floor of the cookies that's probably better for the academy, but just because of the, the themes it has and the, the complexity of it, even though Jaws is such a well constructed film and maybe it yeah. has, I mean, I would say more universal appeal. It, it, it may, may not going to be quite a, probably quite sensitive people who aren't going to like 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 the, the more gory parts, but uh, it, mm -hmm. I, do, I do think it has it has more wide ranging appeal than one floor of the cookies nest. I agree. Uh, yeah, it looks like for competing with her was um, the story of Adele H. Tommy, Hedda, and Hester Street. I've never heard of any of those movies. Isn't that funny? Because people, like, I, I, even myself, like, I, I'm sure the Oscars will come out and I'll be very frustrated. I, I think this year I'll be particularly frustrated. Uh, but, uh, you know, but then in reality nobody cares nobody remembers nobody cares nobody nobody could tell you who won most years it doesn't matter like we think it matters but it really yeah. doesn't yeah, you, think, <laughs> well, you think la la land's gonna get a lot of nominations this year which i have no problem with the yeah. only one that will really irk me is if it gets nominated for best screenplay that will irritate me very much because i don't think that it is i i can seriously think of 50 movies that have better screenplays from 2016, I actually think the screenplay was kind of holding it back, but we we, we don't need to to get into that, I guess. But I don't know I just felt like there were holes in the character development that could have made the movie so much better, and that the screenplay was you kind of have to just sort of go with it. Um, hmm. But uh, but yeah, that that will really irritate me if it gets nominated for a screenplay, but it will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just planning on it. Is it just, uh, next week or two that the nominations come out? Yeah, February 6th. February 6th. When, uh, okay. when they come. So, okay. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah Maya in the chat room says, no, bring on the La La nominations, please. Like I said, don't mind any other on there. I don't mind the acting. I don't mind the, just, I just don't think it's a great screenplay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, okay. Yeah, but... Anyway, you know, it's like I said, we we really um, we put a lot more emphasis on the Oscars than than they really deserve. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, Ever every since year. the I didn't get nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and now they've added uh, eight, nine, ten. You can have as many as ten nominees, and yeah, exactly. And it still seems like. They usually, yeah. I mean, last year I have to say I loved, I loved Spotlight, and uh, so I was very happy with the winner last year. But um, I mean, it wasn't my favorite movie of the year. My favorite movie of the year was Inside Out, 
but uh, but at least Inside Out got a screenplay nomination. Um, but yeah, this year I'm I'm well, I'm positive that I'll be happy if Lion gets nominated for Best Picture. That will be very that'll make me very happy because that that's a movie I really love. Uh, but the rest of my top five, I I don't think will uh, will get nominated. But right. okay. Anyway, uh, I was just okay. looking here to see the other films. So it's 1975, and yeah, yeah Barry Lyndon, which I have heard of because it's Stanley Kubrick. I've never seen it though. Dog Day Afternoon, which I've heard of but I haven't seen. Jaws and Nashville, which I have actually seen, and that's pretty good. Robert Altman is a is a, it's interesting because both the movies we're going to talk about, they both are competing with a Robert Altman movie. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I do like him. I like Robert Altman's writing. He's a good writer. So. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen. He's great at combining like all of these different characters and stories together into one, one narrative. Is Robert right. Altman. So anyway, I'll have to see what else he's place. made. So I, because I, I don't know if I've seen any of his other films. He he did Gosford Park, and that's what competed with A Beautiful Mind. Ah. I and I I really love Gosford Park. No, I haven't. And I haven't seen that one. That was his. I think his last. Or he did also Prairie Home. I think Prairie Home Companion was his last movie. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, he was a a good good director. So let's see here. Uh, Jeremiah says, maybe I mean they are remembered in a way. DVDs print the award on the case. Film history books print them. Actors, directors, biographies mention them. Sure, I mean they're not completely forgotten, but yeah. it, it's not it's not as big a deal as we make it out to us in the film community make it out to be. I guess there's certainly a lot of movies that are remembered more, like you were saying with Dark Knight or something like that, that are remembered more for a year than the one that wins best picture. Let's put it that mm. way. I mean, last yeah. year, certainly force awakens or, or, uh, will be remembered uh, a lot more than, uh, than oh, yeah. uh, spotlight, even though I yeah. loved yeah. it. Yeah. In terms of like popular culture, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on. What's, what's the next okay. question? The next question was, uh, what do you think of the film's portrayal of mental illness and in institutions? Yeah, this is, uh, interesting. I, I I felt, you know, I don't know. I felt like it 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 was. I did have some issues with. I think the way that mental health was portrayed as sort of the uh, uh, the charming, sort of the charming, sweet, eccentric mental health person. You know, like uh, that's so often what you get from Hollywood is that. Yeah. is that they're sort of the cute, lovable, eccentric sidekick. And I don't know. I, I think that that, was, that wasn't my favorite a little bit. I, I kind of had to just sort of say, okay, I'm just going to accept that for what it is and have it not bother me. But uh, I, I think we're going to talk about that more. It bothered me more in A Beautiful Mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, it bothered me a little bit, if I'm honest. Right, yeah, because I because I read this um I read this uh, blog this blog post somebody did about um about looking at one floor of the cookie's nest and how the and how mental illness was portrayed in it and uh, the the writer of that didn't really feel that any of the 
the, any of the patients that had mental illnesses that would require them to be placed in an institution today, they, they, they would all they would all be able to be, be treated at home. And it is possible that they that also don't really have proper mental conditions. They can't, they can't see that they are. I mean, some of them are quite, uh, like you say, a bit sort of cute, like uh, like Billy, just of his stutter and his kind of low low IQ. But others, others like Charles Arley, they do. It, it, who does get quite, quite distressed a lot of times in the film? It does. It does seem more to cause him real problems and real real distress. Yeah, I think so. I mean, just the from the seventies, the difference between mental health care in general, I think, is yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm no expert, but it seems like it's it's very different. The whole idea of sort of like Freudian kind of thought and is has been basically abandoned, and and the 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 idea is to create a plan and to create a uh, with cognitive therapy and to create a plan with how you're going to cope and what you're going to do. I don't think that any of these people would certainly be in this place long term. That's for sure. Hmm. I think that they would be in for a month, two months. A three months kind of a thing. Are you talking like are you talking like today or or in those or back today? In the I, today, yeah. I don't think they would be oh, in yeah. this place long. Yeah, yeah. I think the point oh. in that, the point of the point there is, even though it's um, that most of them are there voluntarily, it's like they don't. It's like they're kind of in a mental prison, and they don't really feel that they can that they can function outside, and they and they don't really seem to be getting any better over the. Over the course of the film, except maybe we're engaging with what McMurphy does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I thing... mean, even you, you even on. sorry, even if you go to therapy now, uh, it's not the whole idea of like, at least in my experience, the whole idea of sort of sitting on the couch and just sort of like sharing all of your your thoughts or whatever that just doesn't really happen anymore like no. you go i've been to several therapists over my life and you you go and they create a plan and they you have a timeline and you have medicine and if you need it and other things no. like that it's not this sort of uh it, it's just not this sort of extended thing i don't think as much as it used to be no. Yeah. Um, for, for, uh, the, yeah, it was a really, that was a really interesting blog, uh, piece that, that you shared. I'll put a link down, uh, in the, in okay. the description section, uh, yeah. that the whole idea of, you know, they just said, I have it open right now. And it just says that, uh, that she talks about the, the stigma, uh, that this movie kind of created <laughs> about yeah. mental health care and, uh, well, that they, they haven't really been able to, to kind of shake it in a way. Um, and that just the whole, uh, the idea of institutionalizing people is just so different now. And I think probably part of it is just because people just don't have the, the, the honestly, people don't have the insurance and people don't have the, the they can't afford it. <laughs> yeah. Like these people can afford this kind of place now, probably. I mean, that sounds like a callous reason, but I think it's true. Yeah. And so you have to come up with solutions. Yeah, and there's just so many people who um, who are, who are going to come forward with it right now. It's something like like a very, a very large percentage of people are going to suffer from depression or anxiety at some point in their lives. Uh, and they just say there's just so much. There's just a limited capacity, I think, these days. Yeah. Well, and and what she talks about in the article too is just like how. The idea that everything is so structured and and so scheduled and 
that yeah. the, in the institution and that, you know, that that's really not obviously accurate, that they're going to be individualized care and individualized treatment and, yeah. and, uh, um, and, and that the people that the, uh, that the institutions are really trying to get people to be able to survive in 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 their own in, own in a environment. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's interesting, and yeah. I don't know. Like at least, I guess at least for me, this movie doesn't paint um, the sometimes sometimes movies about mental illness paint the people that are that are uh, the patients, I guess, as being better and somehow more sort of enlightened as mm. because of their mental illness. Like a yeah. movie like I Am Sam, I, I, I hate that, that movie I, I just don't mm. like at all. Well, I, think I only watched it once, like it was quite a while ago. Yeah, I find that movie just horrible. The whole idea that, that he's somehow like, better equipped to take care of this little girl because of his problems that he's hmm. that he deals with is just yeah. so like they turn somebody who's actually the protagonist in the care in the story who's actually like that has the best is he's actually right like the 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 person you know that's trying to take the girl away from his from him uh, as a full-time caregiver like is he's actually right like <laughs> and they turn him into this enemy and he's this horrible person and yeah. uh anyway yeah so that that i don't feel like they ever do that here and i don't think it ever comes sentimental and i appreciate that about it no it's not it's not like you like a cartoonish place here not like some kind of victorian asylum yeah it's, yeah it's just it's just quite sterile and joyless and there's kind of this sense of detachment and there's no there's no individualism because everybody is treated the same way regardless of what their problem is, aren't they? Right. Yeah. And it feels like it feels like this kind of place could exist. You know, even if yeah. somebody says exactly. like, "Oh, that's not how it usually." It feels like it's in the realm of sort of possibility that yeah. this could happen. Especially at that point in time, because the book was published yeah. in 1963 and this film was made in 1975. Mm-hmm. So it, so it definitely feels like it would be um, the sort of thing you might expect to find back then. Now, some things I've read where they talk about they talk about how this it was all just sort of a, a um, allegory in a way that that this uh, that this unit, I guess, this this institution mm. was like symbolic symbolic of like America, symbolic mm. of you know, and how how the 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 um uh, how we kind of keep people down and keep keep uh, expression down and uh, all of that kind of did you see any of that in here i think so yeah particularly with uh, with chief it's it's, my, it's made most explicit with and that's kind of my um that's kind of oh, my, my my last question really was about the themes and messages of the film and if he and i think if yeah, with Chief when he was talking about his father, about how he was a he was a big man and people worked on him until he became an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. It was a, he, that kind of, that kind of gives the message about being forced to conform. Like Murphy within the institution and the um, and the pe people in within the institution compared to the world at large, and it, and it ends with Chief deciding to rise above that and just go out into the world as he is. Do you think that we become better or worse at that? Because in, in a certain perspective you know we are more accepting of different 
people and different lifestyles and choices and things. Uh, but then we also are all the more sort of everyone has to like the same things. Every like people freak yeah. out if you don't like, for example, if you don't like La La Land, you know, people are like freaking out, yeah, yeah. you know, or just whatever is sort of the cool new thing. If you don't like it, and I do like it, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> But, but just as an example, like, you know, there's so many things like that, that it's like, you have to sort of buy into the, uh, whatever everybody else thinks or people can't handle it. And, and they, they immediately declare you're a hater. You know, it's like, no, I just have different opinion. Uh, and so, and, and I, I don't know, I think there's a lot of things more important than that, but if you don't sort of go along with what everybody else sort of thinks, then, then you then you're you're not they can't society can't handle it no so yeah i wouldn't say there's been like me i mean there has been like significant improvement in, ter- in terms of as accepting and being different people and more you know, more focused on equality and diversity like in the in the workplace and things like that but like in, in society as a whole there is only still the there's only still hill pressure to conform in some ways so it's like oh, it's yeah. like a balance really it's got it's gone one it's gone there's been progress in one direction and then things have, hey, and yeah, things have stayed the same or gone backward in, in other ways. Yeah, so it's, that's it's, interesting. Yeah. If you, if they were to do a remake of this movie, who would you, do you think that that could work? If um, they did a... Probably. I, well, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what they, places like that are like these days. I don't, I don't, I don't know enough about it, but um, it doesn't seem like it would really work in the present day. It is a it is more of a product of its time. Mm. I mean, the book was written in the sixties when there was a lot of um, attempting to be nonconformist with the, the hippie movement and that, and so that was and so the book was certainly a what he what I know about the book so far are in gathering from the film. You know, it does it does seem to be a product of its time. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. It, it, yeah, I think it would they would probably have a lot. More, more people with objections of different things like insensitivity and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, you know. there's, a, there's certainly more, much more political correctness these days, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Like with the, yeah. Uh, like, like the, the night watchmen being, being black. Oh yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. Uh, one of the articles I was reading talked about that, about how yeah. that was kind of a little bit of a cliche is to have yeah. all the, the workers kind of black, but it was probably kind of true. Don't you think? Exactly, yeah. Exactly. At, at, at a place like that at that time. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't he it certainly wasn't equal at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, probably the kind of jobs. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, well that's really good. I, I definitely think it's worth watching. I think it, it's so unique, so different, and uh, it's so unpredictable that I think it's a it's mm-hmm. a good 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 film to watch. Certainly a, yeah, definitely. a worthy uh, best picture winner, even though I think Josh yeah. should have won. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, let's move on to talk about A Beautiful Mind. And okay. so I hadn't seen this. I don't know if I'd seen it since it came out. I hadn't seen this in a long, 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 long time. <laughs> Excuse me. It came out in 2001. And I loved it when it first came out. I thought it was so moving and so, so great. And I have to say, I have to be honest, um, I had more issues this time around. And I think it, it, it kind of comes down to 
certainly not a horrible film. I certainly like things about it, but I think it comes down to the, 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 the life experience that I've had in that, <laughs> that have made me sort of digest it a little bit differently uh, in the 15 years since it came out. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's about, it's, it's based on a true story, somewhat loosely based uh, from what I've read, uh, about John Nash, uh, who is a Nobel uh, Prize winning uh, um, in math, I think. And uh, yeah, and he, um, he starts out the movie as a student at Princeton, and he is told to come up with an original idea. And so him and his friends, uh, uh, you know, work and he ends up, he has this roommate and uh, he's able to come up with this new take on Adam Smith's idea of self-interest. And uh, it's a new concept of governing dynamics is what it's called. <laughs> and he publishes this article and then he ends up getting hired by the Pentagon to crack some codes for, for them. And they start sort of using him more and more. Uh, and he meets uh, this woman named Alicia, who ends up, uh, he ends up marrying her. And he starts to become more and more sort of paranoid about the Russians coming and this work that he's doing with the, uh, with the uh, CIA, I guess. And, uh, and it turns out that turns out he's actually not working for the CIA and this is actually a delusion that's part of his paranoid schizophrenia that is, starts to develop which is actually true from my understanding of schizophrenia is that it's it really starts to manifest itself in your 30s um, that and so it kind of makes sense that he would just start to experience it when he does uh, and he then the the second half of the movie is all about how he is trying to deal with that schizophrenia and how it affects their marriage. And, uh, and he ends up in the end, uh, getting winning the, the Nobel prize. And, uh, so you, you see the entire life, his entire life. Uh, they have a, a son and, um, yeah. So that's kind of the film. And, yeah. So, yeah, let me open up my questions. It's an interesting thing. I think what I, I had a different perspective because I've had mental health crises since I you know, saw this movie. And the whole idea, there's this message of the movie of that, that if, if he like follows his heart, that he can like defeat this demon on his own. You know, like if he's strong enough and there's even a scene where she like push points to her, his heart. And it's like, you can fight yeah. it. And yeah. I have major issues with that now. <laughs> Somebody who's <laughs> like, there's nothing. I don't know. Like you, that's just not reality of mental mm -hmm. health. Like if, if I have a panic attack, there's nothing like in my heart that could like make me like defeat the, the, the panic attack or whatever, you know, like it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> I don't no. know. Well, I think, well, I think uh, the story of a man overcoming a mental illness through willpower and heart is more, is perhaps more marketable than a man story of a man overcoming a mental illness through 
through willpower therapy and medication yeah yeah that's fair but i don't know i just had a, <clears throat> a harder time with it this time than i did when yeah. i was younger uh because that's just i feel like that's just such a uh, a false thing that people believe if people didn't believe that then i would have <clears throat> less of a problem with it people think like oh just like if you're if you're dealing with depression people think oh just just be happy or just like change yeah. your thoughts or whatever like and it's just that's not the way it works <laughs> like it doesn't like, a, like inside out yeah inside out yeah <laughs> uh that you like it's more complicated than that you know like yeah. it, um that i don't know uh so uh but anyway let's talk about i guess we can get there a little bit more but um so what aspects of the film, I'm going to do the same question you did. What aspects of the film do you think work best? The story, acting, editing, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I thought the story itself was really quite basic. It was, uh, yeah. I didn't think there was anything quite special about that. I mean, the, um, the, the best things that I found were both the acting and the, um, and the, and the emotion involved as well, how, the, how that was used. I mean, the, the Russell Crowe and Jennifer Connelly are both absolutely brilliant, particularly in the, the <laughs> second half of the film. Uh, film where he, hey, when John Nash is going through these delusional episodes and he's he's, he's so distressed about it, and, he can, and then you can see the tension that builds between them, all the stress that this situation is creating. And uh, he, he, yeah, I just I like how the movie I think I agree. I think that that is the best part of the the movie is the performances by Connolly and Crow and particularly yeah. anything to do with their marriage, I think is really yeah. good. Uh, the, the, the whole, like, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it a little more, but some of the other stuff, you know, it was just like, it was, it was just more forgettable, I think, but, uh, but really that anything to do with their relationship, I, I did think it really worked quite well. Yeah. It kind of reminded yeah. me a bit of the the theory of everything, but I but I liked this film better than I did the theory of everything. Like I felt yeah. more more engaged with the characters. Hmm. Yeah. They're very similar, and I have similar problems with both. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so, which one do I like better? Hmm. Yeah, I think that I like because I like these characters a lot more. As far as I like John yeah. Nash, I mean, I there's something about. Stephen Hawking in that movie that is it's just not that likable and you should be rooting for him, which I guess in a way kind of makes him interesting, but in, in a way it's for this kind of movie, I think. And, and I, I think that there's certain things about the theory of everything that started to really annoy me. Like the fact that they have all the cinematography is always like swirling and swirling and swirling. And it's like, Oh, we get it. Um, right. I don't know. So I, yeah, I like this better than the theory of everything, yeah. but yeah, I'm I not that high, high in that movie. So. Yeah. Well, I just, I just felt more invested in the, in the characters and their relationship in a beautiful mind. Definitely. Yeah. And I certainly yeah. like yeah. Jennifer Connelly better than um, Felicity, Felicity Jones. I oh think yeah. That's her name, right? Yeah. Way yeah. better. Yeah. Cause I, have, I haven't, I, I mean, she won best actress, whereas, um, whereas Russell Crowe didn't win best actor. He lost to Denzel Washington in training day, which mm -hmm. I haven't seen. Right. I think that, right. I think, I think that is a shame because it, because he does do a really good job here. Yeah. And so, and I've, I haven't really seen. I don't think I've seen any of the other films that. Uh, yeah, Donald Connolly was up against two actresses from Gosford Park and In the Bedroom and Iris. I haven't seen any of those, but she definitely does really well here. Yeah. Yeah. She. Yeah. She. I think they both deserved 
<clears throat> I mean, I haven't seen training day, so I can't say, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think the acting is what makes this, uh, it makes this special. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, in it, uh, and it, you did feel chemistry between the two of them. You bought their relationship. You bought that they were in love. You bought that uh, that that she would stay by him and she would. Uh, so I think that that really works. Except that I read his Wikipedia article, John Nash, and the film doesn't mention that they actually did get divorced. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, in the 1960s, they, they apparently they got divorced over the the stress of of Alicia having to to handle him, but um. Apparently they did. Uh, they did. Uh, in the nineteen nineties, they did. Uh, they did get back into a relationship. So they were, they were presumably in a relationship again by the time he got his Nobel Prize, and they remarried, and they remained <laughs> married until they until they unfortunately both died in a car accident in twenty fifteen. Oh, oh, all right. That's I didn't know any of that. That's really interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. Another um, thing as well is that he actually the film doesn't mention he actually had a child by another woman at the, at the time. At the time when most of the film takes place in the 1950s. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. Uh, we, we could just say, so according to things I'd read, that uh, that the movie makes this way more squeaky clean. And I guess if you're going to say give something to a theory of everything, is that they don't do that. In yeah. that, you know, they're definitely very honest about his many, many, many uh, problems. Uh, whereas yeah. this you know, tries to keep it very squeaky clean. I I'd read somewhere and I couldn't find it, but that he'd had like a gay relationship and that, you know, there was just a lot of things that, that they, of course they don't talk about in this movie. And I don't know. How do you feel about that with true stories? True stories. Yeah. Like how, how do you feel when they sort of sanitize them? Um, I feel you can take a artistic license in, in some ways, as long as you're not, um, it's not going to offend anybody, but uh, he, I feel something like this, it is an oversimplification. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I feel if I was one of the people involved, I wouldn't be terribly happy with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's tricky because you, you have to make it a compelling story. You have to make it yeah. a compelling thing. But you also, uh, I don't know, like, I struggle with this because there's certain movies that like last, like last year's Steve Jobs that everybody went wacko for. I, I thought it really bothered me because I felt like it wasn't a fair uh, depiction of a human, a real. This is a real person, and I think if you're if you're going to tell a real person's story, I think you have a little bit of an obligation to be a little bit fair. But then I also think yeah. uh, that I don't know. I I struggle with this one as well because because. I don't think that it's like dishonest or anything, but I think it could have been more interesting and they could have had a more interesting character if they had like gotten maybe toned down some of the, the, the espionage or whatever things. And like maybe talked about some of the real things that he actually like did, if that makes sense. Yeah. As in like his personal life. Yeah. Like instead of yeah. focusing so much on, on the, the, uh, the, the CIA stuff and, and things like that, which on the rewatch wasn't as compelling to me. And instead, like maybe talk about some of these real things. I'm not saying he didn't have those delusions. Yeah, I'm, he probably did, but, uh, but maybe focus on some of these maybe darker things and not uh, as yeah. well, if that makes sense. Yeah. But it's, like, but it's like the film basically wanted to tell a certain kind of story. 
But it yeah. wasn't the kind of story where if you use fictional characters, then it would be especially interesting. If I, the, the fact that it's real people adds adds an extra layer to it, but then it's not it's, mm -hmm. it's not especially it's not especially honest to real life. Right. Exactly. It is in some ways, uh, but uh, in the in the in the details. Um, yeah, and it, it's a tough question of like how um, how honest do these biopics uh, have to be? Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Let's see. Um, and I guess it just depends on the depends on the film, depends on the movie. Um, but it could have been a little bit, I think, a little bit more honest in that regard. Um, yeah. Okay, so did the twist work for you? Did you have an idea that these were illusions, or did that really surprise you? It did, it did surprise me mostly. The first, the first time I got a, um, I had the idea really was when, uh, was when Parcher, Ed Harris's character, goes to, to see e. John in his office, and, uh, and then he walks away, and, and, ha and, and Nash is yelling after him, and then his, his other friend kind of pokes his head out the door saying, you're all right. And it kind of got the impression, and I kind of thinking then, is, is he not really there? Because I, I knew the movie was about schizophrenia. Yeah. But, I, but I hadn't really been suspicious up until that point. It kind of seemed like it was this interesting, this interesting espionage story with Ed Harris and all that point. And I, I was certainly surprised to find that uh, the Paul Bettany's character, Charles, was imaginary as well. Mm-hmm. So that, so so yeah, it did work for me definitely. Yeah, I, I think it on a first time watch, it, it definitely has sort of a Shyamalan kind of twist, uh, kind of effective uh, yeah. feel to it. It definitely surprised me uh, the first time I watched it for sure. I did not think that Charles was was an illusion, and I don't know enough about mm -hmm. schizophrenia to know whether that that's like I have I have a feeling that it's not like I don't think that you see like the same person like that over and over and over again. But I, I, I have no idea. Maybe you do, but, um, but it, it, it seems a little, uh, a little, I don't think that's, it just doesn't seem like that could possibly be how it is. <laughs> yeah, well, what I could gather the, what I gathered about it, mostly schizophrenia is involves uh, auditory hallucinations. I mean, I mean, John Nash said he, he didn't actually see anybody. He, he, he was first suffering from paranoia, and then later on in the in in his life, he started having auditory hallucinations, voices whispering to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, he and the father of the article says uh, when when schizophrenics do have visual hallucinations, they don't tend to look realistic. They tend to look kind of cartoonish and warped. Not yeah, really, not really part of the real world. It'd be interesting to know if those they they see the same one over and over again, though. I'd be curious to know yeah. about that. Yeah, I don't I don't know that. Yeah, me either. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I I understand why they had to do it that way. Uh, that um, that the one article I did read it, it says uh, um, uh, that yeah, he's about the auditory hallucinations. Uh, that uh, the visual hallucinations. Uh, the visual hallucin hallucinations that carry on a good part of the movie are in fact rare in schizophrenia. And that, uh, so anyway, it's, it's interesting. That's interesting to me. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, but I understand why they kind of had to do it that way because it's a movie. So you kind of have to, uh, <laughs> you kind of have to 
have to portray it in some way that people yeah. can visualize. Yeah, it would also mean that he was um, because because he's he starts seeing Charles in his university days. It would mean he was experiencing the symptoms much earlier than he had he than he did in real life. And he said, I mean, he said that schizophrenics tend to experience symptoms in their thirties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. that's true. That's that's very true. Yeah, um, yeah and I, I guess I also think it's just like I said, it's just maybe a little in retrospect, a little bit too much time spent on it. Uh, that I, I kept being like, as an adult, I kept wanting to be like, let's get back to the marriage. That's the interesting part. That's the part that I'm, I, I think is is uh, is good <laughs> more than no, this. I was, I was quite interested in what I, I was quite interested in what I thought he was doing with the with the CIA. I was I, I was interested to see where that was going to go until until I realized that it wasn't real. Yeah. And you yeah. and you think that if it wasn't if it wasn't a biographical film, you'd think there was a conspiracy of some kind. If it was with only fictional characters, then he then, then his belief that he'd been that he'd been kidnapped by the Russians and they and he was just trying to and they were trying to convince him that it wasn't real. You'd expect that to be the case. And it's, and it's because it's biographical, they know for certain that, that he's wrong and it is he is suffering paranoid delusions. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I and it's hard for me to go back to that spot because I, I you know, I like I knew it. I've known it. I known the twist for so long that it's kind of hard for me to go back to that spot where I where I was surprised and I didn't know. I guess hmm. fifteen years, you know, it's kind of hard for me to remember like what I really thought. Um, okay, so uh, what did you think of their marriage? Uh, we talked a little bit about it, but uh, hmm. what, did you think they had chemistry as actors, and did you think that they had a a, a good Marriage. Oh yeah, he yeah so he yeah definitely he, it is a very good he, good relationship. I mean, from the beginning, he they you get some interesting interactions between them because Alicia is um is much better with with people than John is. I mean, he's at that point through the film he hasn't really been making much effort to to interact with others. We got good a bit. I mean, the first time we see Alicia, she he, she ends up he is when they're in the classroom and there's uh, there's construction work going on outside. And and John just closes the window, even though it's really hot. And so she and she ends up solving the problem just by you know, looking out of the window and asking them to to quiet down. So she's solving the problem through human interaction, whereas John mm -hmm. doesn't make any effort to do that. And and through their interactions while they're still dating before they're married, it's um, um she's she's rather better at the at that sort of thing than he is. And then he proposes like he's talking like his like a scientist in terms of of evidence and needing proof and and like that. And, and then afterwards, when they're married and his uh, and his condition has has come out, it's just this, there's just this constant and tension between them. Um, and he, he, but that's she's trying to maintain normality, and it kind of feels like anything could could break at any moment. And that he, and it is good that within the film, Elm, she, he, she does manage to be supportive of her, even though she's under so much stress. When, I mean, like I said, in real life, they did get divorced eventually, only to get back together later on. But within the film, it is uh, he. It is a it is a very commendable thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know that that she is just so like loving and kind, and but that she's also I mean her, her kind of probably most memorable scene in the movie is when she has tried to be intimate and he's not interested because of the medicine, or he's not yeah. able, and she crashes that mirror. I mean that's a very uh, yeah. academy clip kind of you know when they're giving you your oscar that's the clip that's the, that they're going to show the awesome moment, yeah <laughs> that's yeah. The, that oscar moment that's going to describe it. 
and uh, but it is I, it's a good moment it's an emotional moment you really feel for her because uh you know she didn't I, I i do feel kind of like she didn't know kind of what she was getting into she didn't know and i mean that's the truth with any marriage like none of us i'm not married but none of us know like you know 100 percent what we're getting into no none of us can predict if somebody will have an accident or somebody will have you know mm-hmm. what will happen and what choices the other person will make. I mean, that's the thing with marriage. And, uh, and so I, I thought it was really good. And I thought that they had really good chemistry as actors and uh, it just felt like a real couple to me. Yeah. And I, I, I'd be curious to see them do another movie together. I really, I did like them a lot together. As in Russell Crowe and Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were great. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what Jennifer Connelly has done these days. Yeah, I either, either am I. I I feel like I I haven't. I mean, they say that there's the Oscar curse. You know that you get right. the Oscar and 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 then you you you, get, you never end up doing any good movies after that, particularly for the women. But yeah, uh, I mean, Louise, Louise Fletcher, like when she won One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know anything else she's been in. I mean, Halle Berry's the ultimate of that. You know she. She does Catwoman, <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> you know, she actually she did turn up to get a Golden Raspberry Award. I think she was the first person to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's see, she's done Hulk, and yeah, yeah, that was that was the first thing I saw her in Hulk, Jennifer Connolly. Yeah, I haven't seen that for a long time, it was pretty boring, but um, uh, it looks like a, a bunch of horror movies, and she was in uh. He's just on that into you, which I actually like that romantic comedy. I think it's good. Um, yeah, uh, Winter's Tale. She was in that. I guess I think Russell Crowe's actually in that. Now you think about it, that's uh, oh, I, yeah. yeah. It says it's, uh, showed they were both in Noah together. I haven't, I haven't seen. Oh her. yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're both in Noah. Um, oh, she's at, and she's married to Paul Bettany, who was uh, who played Charles in this film. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Look at that. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. But I, I think she does a good job with the part. I think both of them elevate the the um, screenplay. I think they both are better than the parts written. Uh, it's written by Akiva Goldsman, who uh, is also famous for writing uh, Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah, I thought the name so, familiar. So I think that... Uh, that this is a significant step up for <laughs> yes. Robin. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like that, like that moment where she's where they're in the bedroom together, and she and she's and she's touching his heart and her heart, and just saying, "I need to, I need to believe that something extraordinary is possible." That that feels a bit cliche to me. Yeah, yeah. I like I said, I think if I didn't like her so much in the performance, if I didn't like them as a couple, then the screenplay would would be uh, like they elevate the screenplay above. Of what it really deserves. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. That's kind of a cloying yeah, moment. Yeah. And 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 uh, yeah, I mean, my next question was just we kind of talked about it a little bit already, but just this portrayal of mental illness as this like mm-hmm. that he's able to deal with the symptoms through willpower and and uh, and heart. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't like I don't like it. I don't like that. It bothers me. It, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I think that that it's just that that's not a good message to show because that's not reality that's not the way mm-hmm. mental health really is 
you don't just yeah. like have willpower and, and, and defeat it or something like that. <laughs> well, he, well, the thing is that he's, he apparently he apparently did use uh, he's some kind of conscious power hour in real life. He, he said he only took medication when he was under pressure to do so. And, in, and after 1970, he didn't take any. And he, he I'm talking about John, John Nash in real life. He, um, he, he, um, he, he said he still the things I kind of read about him. He's kind of almost embraced his his delusional thinking, but not to a point that it really showed. And he would, and he, and he wanted, and he got any psychiatrist taking to him. And so he just kind of, um, he, he, and so he just kind of gained, in a sort of power over it. I mean, I think the, um, I think one thing in the thing I read suggested that, um, uh, the film kind of showing the, um, the effect, having him taking medication and then uh, suffering a relapse when he, um, he, when he stops taking it because of the effect it's having on him. That was kind of intentional on the part of the screenwriter because, uh, because Nash tried to avoid taking medication as much as possible. And so the, um, and the screenwriter didn't want it to show too much that, um, Show too, show too much to say you don't have to take your medication in these situations. Yeah, I mean, I guess if, if in real life he really did go off his medication and kind of learn to cope, like that's one thing, yeah. but I don't know, just that whole message of like, yeah. of sort of willpower. The way yeah. that it's handled, it, it graded me, it bothered me as a as somebody who's dealt with my own fair share of, yeah. of a, I, I just feel like that that's a damaging uh, damaging misconception that you have out there is that like people that are going through depression or people going through mental health that it just they just need to sort of snap out of it. Yeah, well, I haven't, I haven't gone through it to that extent, but if um, he, if that's how you feel, I can respect that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I mine is is nothing compared to this by any means, but I just I I, I remember my dad saying one time uh, that he was like. Um, but you have all of these like things to be grateful for. You have all these things to like, you know, and, and I, I just remember just thinking like, just so frustrated because that, that just, it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with that. You know, like it just had to do with what I was feeling, the way that my body was responding, you know, that it, yeah. it, it didn't have anything to do with the situation. Like I, I, I finally just said, you know what, there's times when I feel this way, I have no reason at all. Like it's yeah, exactly. just, it's just there. And, yeah. and so you, you learn how to cope however best that you can. But, uh, and, and I'm, like I said, I am not, I mean, I don't take medication. I'm not like some, uh, some serious case or anything, but I just know from my own experience that, that, uh, it's a medical condition <laughs> that you yeah. have to have treatment for. And it's not something that you can just like, you know, be, be like, I'm going to be strong and, and, and not, uh, not have this problem anymore, if that makes yeah. sense. And, yeah, I read, yeah, I read, the, I read this novel once about this, uh, he, I don't know exactly how accurate it is, but it kind of featured this character who suffered from, uh, manic depression. And he says at one point that, um, that the, he, the depression, that during a depressive episode, your body actually believes on a physical level that it's dying. Mm -hmm. And it kind of creates this vicious cycle of the um, cycle of its uh, of your brain and your body's responses to that. So, so, so you're right. It, it is definitely a, a medical thing, and it can and, and it kind of like the people just kind of misunderstand that sometimes. And if they, it's like they like they they want they want you to to their responsibility for it because they 
because I, I believe that you can. I think and, I would have liked it better. It wouldn't be so much for a problem for everybody else. Yeah, I think I would have liked it better if it had been, you know, if maybe he sort of sat down with his doctors and they said, okay, here's the the way that we, that you can deal with this, that we can treat this without, without using the medication that has these side effects. Here's a, here's a plan. Here's a thing. I don't know, just something other than like dig deep into your heart and, and you'll be able to conquer this. I don't know. It, it just it bothered me. But, uh, but anyway, if they just treated it more, I, I guess I feel like mental health should be treated more like an, a, a medical condition, like anything else. And yeah. like, like if you have the flu, if you have, uh, if you have any other kind of illness, you get treatment for it. And there's lots of different ways that you can get treated for it. And I, I feel like uh, that it should be sort of portrayed and, and treated and we should think of it more because there's just still so much stigma in our society about mental health i feel like yeah, and yeah. so much so many wrong stereotypes and then maybe if those stereotypes didn't exist i wouldn't be so maybe so sensitive uh to this as i as i felt when i was watching it i was like <laughs> but i i guess maybe i don't want to make it seem like the big deal is it is but uh it just was it was just interesting because i had such a different response to it uh in 2016 compared to 2001 because of my life experience just yeah was different <laughs> um yeah so uh I, anyway um i but i i really thought whenever it got back to their marriage uh, and and uh and their chemistry as a couple i i really did like that a lot uh, and that's a lot of the movie so uh, it's certainly um a, a good a good film still i don't want to be see, yeah. seem too down on it <laughs> um it is a good film is it a yeah yeah, I just didn't think it was. Apart from the acting, it wasn't. Isn't really special, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. It, and it just wasn't as good as I remembered it because because uh, I had those issues this time. Uh. So, okay. So, uh, did anything else stand out to you about the production design, the costumes, the score, the makeup, anything like that? Well, I really enjoyed the score. Yeah. It's a, it's a James Horner soundtrack, and James Horner is probably my favorite uh, film composer, and you can see a lot of um. A lot of his kind of signature musical motifs are, uh, are present there. Like, like the main theme kind of sounds like things he's done before. And uh, also his more dramatic music, like when they're finding out about the things that John has been doing, I mean, taping these taping these articles all over his office. And yeah, I still really enjoyed it. It kind of um, it set the scene very well. Yeah, I agree. I really like the score also. It, it, it's, it's interesting now how I, I can just, it just screams James Horner. It just yeah. felt like I, I didn't even have to look. I'm like, oh, this is James Warner's score <laughs> to me. Something about yeah. how just gentle it was just felt yeah, very, yeah. very James Horner yeah. to me. Yeah, the, gentle, the gentle bits were very good. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, it's certainly well directed. I, I think Ron Howard is a competent director. Yeah. He does even his movies that. I don't like, well, I don't know. He certainly has range around Ron Howard. You got to give him credit for that. I mean, he did the Grinch. He did, uh, he's, he hasn't had a good movie in a long time, but, uh, but he, he always manages to sort of direct it in a, I think in a competent way. Yeah. Um, and so I think he does a good job. Uh, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the costume score, the only, the real problem is I think the makeup is, terrible the old 
the old people makeup. <laughs> it looks it's so. Almost, it looks horrible. It great, <laughs> what were they doing? I mean, come on. It looked awful. I thought. <laughs> but you know, I, what are you gonna do? I guess. Yeah. Um. So it's anyway, just. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. And I do love Russell Crowe in that in that conversation between him and the Nobel Laureate Committee guy. I think he some of his best acting in the movie is there. The way he's just like, oh, so you're trying to see if I, you know, if I'm crazy or something. Yeah. But he was really good in that scene. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can kind of see how his character has uh, has matured in the intervening years. I was just kind of yeah. used to used to it all now. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I, my last question was just going to be, do you think it should have one best picture over Gosford Park, In the Bedroom, Lord of the Rings, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, and Moulin Rouge? And and how refreshing is it that a movie like Lord of the Rings would get nominated? I, I feel like that would not happen now, but we'll see. Maybe Deadpool might get nominated, uh, yeah. which would be interesting. But, it would um, be very interesting uh, after, the, after the Golden Globes. I mean, I think Deadpool is, I know you haven't seen it. I think, I think it's an average film overall. Yeah. And the, and the only really exceptional thing about it is, is Deadpool himself and how, he, and, and how good Ryan Reynolds is and how, he, and how funny he is. But, uh, he, yeah. but I, don't think, I don't think it would really deserve to be, um, to be nominated for Best Picture, though it would be hilarious if that happened. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, like I said, I haven't seen it, but it would be refreshing just to have something uh so mainstream i guess get nominated because yeah. i feel like that never happens yeah. hardly ever but lord yeah. of the rings got it <laughs> yeah yeah at a time when there were only, when only five nominations as well so i, I haven't yeah. seen the park or in the bedroom but i personally liked uh both fellowship of the ring and moulin rouge better than uh, than a beautiful mind yeah and and uh, he, i mean this this is really good acting and it's very emotive but it, but it has a pretty basic story whereas um fellowship of the ring and moulin rouge are both more unique in their own ways. I mean, even though Moulin Rouge, it's funny to call Moulin Rouge unique when it uses all these existing songs in it, but it has a, it has a style all of its own, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, Fellowship of the Ring was just this, uh, it was just this big, big epic film that wasn't really quite like anything that had been, that had been done before. It was, mm -hmm. and so I would, I would have picked, uh, I would probably have picked Fellowship of the Ring over A Beautiful Mind. Yeah. I, I agree. I haven't seen In the Bedroom, so that's the only one I can't comment on. Gosford Park is great. It's so entertaining. I love the script. Uh, it's it's kind of very similar to Downton Abbey. It's um, yeah. it's written by the same guy who wrote oh, Downton Abbey. Yeah. yeah. So if you like Downton Abbey, you'll like Gosford Park, I think. It's a mystery. Okay. Uh, it's it's really well done. Great acting throughout. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, of course, Fellowship of the Rings is amazing. It's my favorite of the series of the of the Lord of the Rings movies, and so yeah. And then Moulin Rouge, uh, it uh, it's it was just so different, and so yeah. so I I I I would I would agree with you. Uh, like I said, I haven't seen it in the bedroom, so but it it's my least favorite of the four that I've seen. Uh, in retrospect, so oh well, what are you gonna do? Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> So, at what grade would you give both films? In, in um, I would give uh, well, I, well, I, I rate with with numbers. So, I'd give uh, one flow of the cuckoo's nest uh, four and a half out of five, and um, beautiful mind. I'd probably give four out of five. Hmm. Um. 
I think I would give Beautiful Mind a 3.5 out of 5. And I would give um, One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest. Mm, I, yeah, I think I'd give it the same. 4.5 out of 5. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's kind of all the questions that I had. And I, I think they're very interesting movies. I think that they're definitely both worth seeing. And you can see why they got the the awards nom- nominations and yeah. whatever that they did, even if, if uh, we would pick other ones to win. Yeah. And uh, so it's interesting. I mean, you see what happens uh, uh, with the Oscars coming up in, uh, in February. And uh, I, I think that I'd be surprised if I think it'll either be Moonlight or La La Land that is going to win. And uh, I would personally pick uh, Moonlight, but they're both good films. I like both. So, yeah. I anyway, I haven't seen either of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, the, only, the only film I've seen this year, there might be, there might be a possible Oscar contender will be Sully, but uh, the, but no, he's been seeing pain. Seems we've been paying much attention to that radar right now. Yeah, it does. It solely does seem like the kind of movie that would get that kind of attention. Uh, but I, which I enjoyed it very much. Um, I think yeah. Hidden Figures might take Solely's spot, mm-hmm. um, which is really a, a heartwarming, uh, wonderful movie that I liked a lot. Um, and uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if they how many spaces they use, and um, what they end up nominating. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. But um, all right. Well, where can people find you? Hey. Well, my uh, my Twitter is uh, pne richard, and my blog is velociraptor256.wordpress.com. Awesome. Great. And you find me at smiling LDS girl, and on all social media, and at fifty four Disney reviews on my blog. And uh, thanks so much for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. It was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. All right. Well, and put your comments down if if you've seen either of these movies and what you think. And uh, thanks so much for watching.